to Navigating Change, the education podcast from Teibel, Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Howard Teibel. You're looking good today? Well, thank you, sir, as are you. You look, you look, you look wide awake. What time is it there? It's uh, it's 2 o'clock here, which means it's, uh, it's 1.50, three hours early. What's the weather like there today oh, out it's, in Portland? It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I'm it's about okay. to I tell people you are right. You can't I can tell, tell people, people but we're recording this, so by the time they see it, it'll be disastrously awful weather. <laughs> okay. So let's just pretend it's beautiful all year round. Exactly. Uh, we are we're taking on part two of our conversation we started last week on strategic leadership, strategic communication. This week, it's headlining your success. Uh, before we dig in, head over to tybalink.com to learn more about our work in education and this very topic. You can subscribe to the show for free, of course. Just click the blue button, join the mailing list, and we'll let you know each time an episode is released. We teased this a little bit last week. Uh, in our Being a Strategic Communicator show. Can you get us up to speed with what we talked about last week and how we can connect it to today? Last week, we talked about what it means to be a strategic communicator. And the basic idea is making sure that you're focusing on the people you're trying to influence. So if you know you're going to get in front of faculty, that you develop a key message that's meaningful to them, you're you're then focusing on what they should care about and finding ways to engage. And a strategic communicator is raising the why for the audience that's that's in front of them. All right. Yeah. So a, a piece of that, if you think about what a key message is, it basically is the 30,000 foot. What is it you want people to take away? I tell people, if you want to focus your presentation or your talk in the right way, Ask yourself the question in the design. Imagine you're sitting with people afterwards having a cocktail and you said to them, what's the one thing you took away from my talk? They should be able to say what that is and that's your key message, okay? Mm -hmm. Now the question is, what are some ways to capture attention? And where this headlining your success came from was in our decision-making model, there's a particular section that talks about the vision or what success looked like, looking back on success. Writing your success headline is about picking a time in the future where somebody else is writing something about you that demonstrates the success you're looking to achieve. So it seems like there are two big benefits to this whole process, right? The first one is, if you do this right, you're going to have a a key message that your audience, whoever that audience may be, will be able to remember it, right? That that they'll be able to to parrot it back to you in a way that, that demonstrates understanding. But the second big benefit is using this as a creative visualization exercise that says, yes. you know, this is what this is how we perceive ourselves in the future. And going through that exercise gives us a milestone down the road to work toward. Exactly. I've been experimenting with headlining with in with groups, with all different levels of groups and bringing groups together. I might be doing uh, an upcoming event for two groups that are merging into one culture, two different businesses. And I'm going to use this technique for them to write their story together. So what would your success look like looking back? So the exercise is fundamentally this. You pick some point in the future that's far enough out where you're not focused on why we can't do it. You pick you pick a year out, you can't do it in a year. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, in a year, you're going to be able to say you got through your checklist, yeah, whatever right, that is. Right. Five years is a yeah, good number. Closer. Ten years is probably better, and I'll tell you why. Ten years, 
and I think most of us don't like 10 years, not just because it's hard to imagine 10 years, it's because we might not be here in 10 years. I don't mean here like existentially here. I might have moved on to my next thing. Yeah. People are not going to be sticking with jobs over time, 10 years. Things are going to evolve. People are always looking for the next thing. So I think it's hard for people to imagine a future where they may not be able to see the success. Oh, but that's such a good exercise, right? Because you you realize that the point of this exercise is not about you. Not about you. It's about the institution. And where is the institution in 10 years? Wherever you are, this should be able to hold water. So assuming this podcast goes out in 2016... (laughs) Okay. 2026, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and have a conversation. And what I'll say to people is we've come back together and we're having a conversation about our phenomenal success. And I, and I show the picture and, you know, we, and it's really – and I actually think we'll show this. It's this fictitious New York Times Magazine article that the College of the Holy Cross created back in 2013. The date on the article was – or the magazine was 2051. And it had a picture of on the cover of the magazine, a real magazine. They created this from some time in the future where some of us are not going to even be alive anymore. And the story was about this woman on the cover who is now a presidential candidate. The people behind her are going to be people she's going to tap from her cabinet. And all four of them went to Holy Cross. And the story was what did the College of the Holy Cross need to be in 2020 – which was their strategic plan date to produce a student 30 years later who had that success. And when I saw that and I saw how the trustees engaged in that magazine, I saw that there's something here. So now what we'll do is I bring people together and pick a magazine, Wall Street Journal, uh, Chronicle of Higher Education, Inside Higher Education. What is it they're saying and what's the headline? So here's an example. Worked with a senior team at a major research university, and one of the headlines that one of the three teams came up with was, our university is recognized as the number one ranked workplace in public education. Another headline was, yes, there is a free lunch. Our university achieves free tuition. Oh, that's wonderful. Right? Another one. A new reality. Tuition goes down. Experience goes up. Yeah. Now, what's what's powerful about those and I can tell you without question, this engaged the people in this conversation in a way that talking about our success looking forward, it pales in comparison. People were excited. People were like connected to why they're working there. Headlining success and getting people to write it out and look at it and, and, and conceptualize it actually uncovers – the inspiration for why we come together. So let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of writing a headline. We're asking people to do something that they likely haven't done before. How do you guide people in this process once you set the stage for what this represents as a, both as a creative visualization exercise and as a, a practical tool for communication? How do you get them to write strong headlines? It's ultimately about creating an emotional connection. You know, if you think about what I shared before, A new reality. Tuition goes down, experience goes up. These are words that catch my attention. Yes, there is a free lunch. Our university achieves free tuition, right? Our our university is ranked as the number one workplace in public education. 
ultimately emotional connections demand the right kind of language. Right. These are things that we that we never imagined we could achieve. Right. There that that positional statement gives us an emotional resonance. Make sure that as you encourage others or you're doing this yourself to find ways that it's making an emotional connection. So that's the first thing. The second thing is use language that appeals to people's rationale. So here are some reasons. Here are some principles. Here are some facts. Here are some secrets. Here are some tricks. Again, you don't want to overuse these things, but using unique rationale gets people to then say, all right, what is it that we want? In a sense, you're, you're, you're trying to uncover people's curiosity, right? And when you use emotion and you use this kind of unique rationale, like facts, what are the principles, people want to know what they are. And part of this is, is our bandwidth for absorbing is so thin today is that we want it on some level given to us simply and not spoon feeding us, but give it to us simply. But you got to make the emotional connection. Okay, so we've got a unique rationale. We're trying to hit people with a simple, uh, with with a simple headline, something that's straightforward, and it puts them in a place that they maybe didn't expect that they would have achieved by a certain period of time. There's a few other things that I'll mention. Okay, asking yourselves why it's important to do and how to do it is more important than what and when we want to do it. Right, the what and when is about mechanics. The why we want to do it and how we're going to get there is inspiring. Right, so right. that so so focus on the why and the how over the what and the when. And another one is make a audacious, big promise. Free tuition. That's a Free big promise. Free tuition is a big promise. We're ranked number one for a lot of universities. That's for for ninety nine point nine percent of other universities. That's a big promise. <laughs> if we don't start with the big promise, we'll never we'll never have a shot of getting there. Right. See, there's no guarantee you're going to get there. But that's the whole point of headlining your success. It's about setting a bar high enough that inspires people to say, yeah, that's what we're going after. And then coming together to figure out the how we're going to do it. So find a way to create a headline. And, and ultimately, if you keep it really simple, right, you say, well, what's the formula? Like, what are the emotional connections you want to make? What are some of those keywords you want to use? And maybe a promise that you want to integrate in. And if you can come up with those, you will inspire others. And this is not just about you doing it alone. I can tell you from experience that a way to engage in this is bring people together and say, let's write the headline of our success. If you get a small group doing it, you will feed off of, the, off of each other's enthusiasm for where you're trying to get to. So this fits pretty clearly into the uh, into the overall series that we're doing here around strategic leadership, strategic communications. This is the key message, and it addresses who you're talking to, right? I mean, building that emotional connection with your audience, be they faculty, finance, students, trustees, how to inspire them to take action. And I don't care what level you are in the organization. Too often, I think we think somebody above us, it's their job to figure this out. I'm telling you, they are in no better position than you to write the headline. And and I think that we make the mistake of thinking that the 
people in charge who have authority have the sole stake in figuring this out. And I'm telling you, they're sitting with the same kind of where are we trying to go? This is something you can influence up versus just because you are at the top, you are the one who's responsible for this. You could delegate this task, right? If you are running your, if you are the president or the chancellor or this, whatever your role is, you could delegate this to your team. You could say, listen, team, I want you to come back next week and share with me. I'm not going to be there. Share with me success stories, headlines, looking back 10 years from now, and then we'll talk about it. That's beautiful and inspirational. And don't underestimate how much fun the process can be. Fun. Oh, my goodness. You have no idea. When you watch people go through this, their their mood shifts. They they start smiling. And I'll tell you, we need this kind of ways of coming together. Too often we're coming together and it's a slog. And it's tiresome and it's it's frustrating. This is a way to break out of that. So where do we go from here? Next week, we're going to be taking on uh, part three in this little series uh, all around how to cultivate strategic thinkers in your own teams. Yeah. So so strategic thinking is, is an interesting concept. I've been doing a lot of more strategic planning with our team and with other organizations. And the premise behind this is are we are we coming into these conversations as strategic thinkers versus just going and saying let's write our next strategic plan so we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a strategic thinker very much look forward to that uh this is a good series howard thank you so much for your time today you're welcome always great with you and thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. Don't forget, subscribe to the show for free right on Tybalink.com. Just click that blue button. Uh, on behalf of Howard Tybal, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, the education podcast from Tybalink. Link.